what we do here is go back, 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 back. Yeah, good mate. Thanks for having me. Who went the hardest in the, the celebrations? I can't say myself, can I? Uh, <laughs> if- you sort of almost got to tell yourself that you're a, you're a big game player or a mm. big finals player. And so somehow I thought, well, just because I play well as a 13-year-old, I have to play well in the grand final. Me and, me and Cogs are um, a couple of good WA boys and we, we do get a bit affectionate with each other, always giving each other kisses and stuff. <laughs> nah, not really, just, you know, a manly kiss yeah. in the cheek every now and then. Welcome back to the Bray and Ethan podcast for another week. My name is Bray Loveridge and Ethan Roth is with me as always. Ethan, we've got a big special guest with us for episode 12 who had a huge week on the Monday just yes, gone. Yes, he did. He's the three-time West Perth leading goal kicker, 2018 Bernie Naylor medalist for kicking the most goals out of everyone in the waffle and 2019 Falcons best and fairest. Uh, yeah, what a time to get him on after kicking eight goals on Monday that's just gone. Tyler Clytel, welcome to the show and congrats on that performance. Yeah, g'day fellas. Um, thanks for having me on. I uh, Yeah, I've tuned into a few of your podcasts in the, in the past, um, so I'm not sure why I'm getting the, the pick. I'm, I'm a bit of a downgrade from Jay Van Burlo, who I know you've had on recently. <laughs> nah, well... Um, you know, good to get you on anyway, but um, yeah. Don't think Jay's kicked a bag of eight yeah. on WA day before. Uh, but we'll get, into, we'll get into that game uh, and this season a bit later on along the show with a few laughs. But starting off, uh, where did it all begin for you? We understand uh, you were talented at Javelin, and can you tell us more about that as well as footy at Naranda and then East Perth later on? Yeah, because it's a strange sport to be, uh, to be in. Obviously, I, I started just doing little athletics, um, yeah, when I was sort of 10 or 11. Um, and from that point, I realised that I was I was actually okay at Javelin, had a bit of an arm um, and took it took it as far as I could, I suppose. Um, I, I did it for about six or seven years until I sort of had to make a decision whether or not I wanted to go down the football path or down down the athletics path. Um, for me, it was it was really just the, the team aspect that I that I enjoyed of of footy more so than Javelin. There's some pretty lonely times in athletics I think um, obviously it's a very individual sport um, so all the training sessions and things like that it's it's really just you and a coach so yeah that that's probably what drew me to football more so than athletics um, but yeah I, I played all my junior footy down at Naranda and, and then went through the, the East Perth development squad so um, a pretty standard pathway I think for most guys. Yeah, nice. And you were part of the uh, State 16s and State 18s academies. How did you think you went at that? Because uh, I think there was a fair to, a bit of attention at the time. And what, have you, what are your memories of the championships and all the, you know, the combine and everything like that? Yeah, it was an awesome experience. Um, probably uh, my first opportunity to really be in, in a professional environment. Um, obviously, they expect just that little bit more from you um, at the state level. So, yeah, that's, I learned some really good habits. Um, in terms of preparing for games and, and making sure everything, or ticking boxes, I suppose, um, but more so um, just the guys that I got to meet um, in the waffle system. I think um, there's a lot of those guys still running around, obviously a fair few on AFL lists, and, and if they're not on AFL lists, they're, most of them are killing it at waffle level. So um, to build that relationship with all those guys early on was, was pretty special, um, and it's always good to run into them um, when you come up against them each week. Yeah, and then in 2015, you decided to move uh, from East Perth to West Perth, which would have been across the city, but it's up the freeway, up to Joondalup. 
Uh, what were the main reasons for this, and what did you ex- uh, did you expect there to be so much uh, controversy and noise around this? Uh, my my main reasoning was um, basically just a fresh start. I um, I'd played a, a fair few years at East Perth um, through the development squads and and Colt system, um, and obviously they were aligned with West Coast Eagles at the time. So I I felt that my chances of playing league footy. Um, as soon as possible would be would be hindered by that. So I, I took the opportunity. Obviously, I've got a I've got a family connection to West Perth. Um, my uncle played down there, and and I used to spend a fair bit of time when I was a youngster um, going down and watching games. So that's sort of the link between West Perth. Um, but the ultimate decision just came down to um, opportunity and and a fresh start, really. Yeah, and since then um, you've won the leading goal kicker award three times for your club. Uh, and also the Bernie Naylor in 2018, like we mentioned, and are leading that award at the moment in 2021. How much time do you spend on your goal kicking? Because you do rarely miss. Yeah, I definitely didn't rarely miss um, in the early days. I was actually a horrible set shot. I I played down back initially for probably the first year and a half at at senior level, and I think that was mainly because of how bad I was in front of goals, to be honest. Um, But, yeah, Bill tried to hide me down back. Um, yeah, I've done a fair bit of work on it, but no more than, than most guys. I think the the change in my ability to, to be accurate now is just my mindset and my ability to sort of block out the external factors. Uh, obviously, early on in your career, uh, every touch means a little bit more and, and every opportunity is everything, I suppose. Um, so now I've got a, definitely got a freer mind when I'm standing in front of goals, um, just try to block everything out and... And I'll, yeah, just a, a pretty standard routine, so so nothing too special. Yeah, and how much uh, did winning that best and fairest in 2019 mean to you? Which is something that is rarely won by non midfielders. And how special was it to bring bring up the hundred game milestone last year? Yeah, winning the fairest and best was definitely a shock. Um, on the night, I, I really didn't think I was any chance, um, and sort of wasn't even on the leaderboard for for most of the night. So I'd. Yeah, I was having a few beers and, and not really paying too much attention into it all. Um, and then, yeah, just came home with a wet sail. I, I spent sort of the second half of the year playing mostly ruck. So I was, I was definitely around the footy a bit more and, and my impact. Um, the, the coaches obviously thought it was, it was important. So, yeah, it was a massive honour to, to win that. Um, the same year, I actually won the, the Players' Player Award as well, which is sort of an award that's voted on by by the peers or by your peers um, at the end of each game. So to win that one was was almost more special than to win the fairest and best, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, obviously, all you all you want is the respect of the guys that you run out with. So um, yeah, it was a big year, um, but I don't think I'll be back there anytime soon. I think it's definitely a midfielders award, and and we've got quite a few good ones running around at the moment. So. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely cherish it when, when everything finishes up, that's for sure. Yeah, well, speaking of, I guess, your teammates, obviously you've been the vice-captain for a couple of years. Is the captaincy something sort of on your mind, I guess, once Aaron Black gives that up or, you know, steps aside? Yeah, obviously I've been the vice-captain for a couple of years now and, and again, to be voted in by your peers um, means a lot. So I definitely haven't taken that lightly. I, I relish the opportunity to, to lead the boys and... I've been under some incredible leaders in the past. Um, obviously, BB and, and Tedesco and, and obviously Blackie at the moment. 
working pretty closely with Blake Wilhelm as well. Like they're all pretty special people and, and they really do know how to lead a group. So I'm just sort of taking bits and pieces from each, each of them and, and just trying to learn as much as I can. Um, obviously to captain a, a waffle club is a massive honor and something I would, I would absolutely love to do. Um, but I think Blackie's in the prime position at the moment to, to keep doing a great job. Um, he's got the full support of everyone at the club and, and yeah, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. Yeah, of course. And back to your, your personal game, has it been somewhat frustrating that you've been, you know, so dominant in the waffle for a few years now and yet you haven't received an opportunity by an AFL club and do you still have hopes of reaching the highest level? Cause you know, there'd be probably a number of teams that could use you at the moment. Yeah, if I could tell you how many times I've been asked this question yeah. <laughs> or if I could give a dollar for each time, I would be a millionaire. But no, I I don't I don't worry too much about it, to be honest with you. Like, um, I think my numbers stack up against most people's, but at the end of the day, they've got a certain criteria that they pick from. And, and if I start worrying about that, it's just a recipe for disaster for me. Um, I think that's, that's what I did in my 18s year um, when I was, first nominating for the draft and I found that to be one of the toughest years probably of my life to date just in terms of the anxiety and and stress and and actually not enjoying my football at all Um, and I probably carried that into the first couple of years of senior footy as well just worrying about who's watching um, and and what I need to do to to get to that next level but probably the last last three or four years at senior level I've I've probably had a realization that it's more than likely not going to happen than likely so once I've got that mindset um, it's allowed me to play a lot freer and, and just enjoy my football again um, which I think it, it's hard to do when you've got so much pressure on you so I've just tried to try to feed off um, that energy of enjoying myself and and I think over the last couple of years I've just continued to get better so um, that's all I'm worrying about at the moment. Yeah, and uh, speaking to Jay Van Berlo a couple of weeks back, West Perth, they've always been around the mark in the recent years. Describe the feeling of losing that uh, tough grand final in 2018 and how much motivation uh, from losing that has uh, put, taken you guys to try go to the next step. Yeah, well, that that's the second one I've lost. So um, obviously lost in 2015 to Suvi and then again in 2018. Um they were just an unbelievable team at that stage. Like I think back now and, and think of some of the names that we were playing against, like uh, Menengola and um, Boland and all these sort of blokes that are even Horsley, like just yeah. absolute greats of the game. Um, it was it was un, it was just an unreal experience to be out there. To be honest with you, like even some of the guys I got to play with, um, just just a great experience altogether. But um, obviously super disappointing to, to get touched up both times. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry for a premiership, that's for sure. Like, like that's everything I want now. Um, that's, that's all I'm chasing. Um, and I think we've definitely got a group and a, and a team down at West Perth, coaches included and support staff and just the entire culture down there just breeds success. So I, I think we're not far away. Yeah, fingers crossed. And obviously, you're in great form yourself, and that win on WA Day puts you back in the five. How do you think you're tracking from a team's perspective? Yeah, I think um, obviously going down to Perth the week before was was a bit of an eye opener. We hadn't lost to them in a while, 
Um, so yeah, it was definitely a, a few honest conversations to be had during the week, and and we did that. And the one thing I do know about this group is that uh, we do respond pretty well um, when we do get challenged. So yeah, we had a had a pretty strong week on the track, and obviously came out and and sort of uh, started off really strong in the first quarter, and and got a good win against a, a relatively good side. So. I think um, obviously being at four and four at the halfway point of the season inside the five, um, I think we can only go get better from this point. So fingers crossed we, we keep moving up. Yeah, and in, in games like that, when you're on a roll, it is a case of uh, the more you kick, the more confidence you get. And were you telling the boys to just feed it to you so you could snag 10 potentially? <laughs> I did joke with um, Tyson Moulton after the game because he took a mark at about 55 out and he went back and had a set shot um he's actually one of my groomsmen so i was i was thinking he was going to look after me um but Nat decided to have the shot himself did so he miss? yeah <laughs> we'll go with that did he miss that or did he kick it no he didn't even make the distance oh so, that is shocking yeah it's, yeah, it's not is eight, is eight the most you've kicked in a game yeah yeah, yeah. it's the most i've kicked i've kicked seven once before a few years ago but um yeah never Never eight, but um, you don't really realise when you're out there where you're at. I mean, like, I kicked a few relatively quick, um, in quick succession, and then, yeah, I think it was by three-quarter time I, I realised what I was on, and, um, yeah, it was pretty surprising, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and how has the standard of the waffle changed or even got better since you start, started playing league footy? And in terms of the state game last month, you know, it was disappointing, but you did kick four goals yourself and got to pull on the black and gold again. So what did you make of that? Yeah, state footy is um, it's another level again, I suppose. I, I can only imagine it's sort of that halfway point between the waffle level and AFL. Um, obviously, we, we came up against a few ex-AFL players who obviously aren't at their prime, but they're still, still extremely good footballers. Um, and I could even see... Um, just in that game, the the speed and the ability for blokes to hit targets and how quickly the ball sort of either gets to you or, or leaves your area. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really cool experience. Um, and, yeah, one I'll cherish for sure. Yeah, and then outside of the game, we believe you've recently changed workplaces, becoming a police officer. Uh, what has the transition been like and how are you balancing footy and work as it's a pretty tough job from what we see day to day? Yeah, I, um, I've just come out of the academy, so I, I graduated last week, um, and I'm sort of working, uh, or I've had my first few shifts this week. But um, yeah, obviously a, a relatively challenging profession, but one that I, I really, uh, I really take pride in. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to, to sort of help people out, and and obviously it's pretty fast paced and, and changing each day. So I think that's something that I'll, I'll definitely enjoy. But um, yeah, working it around football could be a bit of an issue. <laughs> I've obviously yeah. got the shift work and night shift and things like that. So, yeah, just fingers crossed I, I can find that balance and, and hopefully keep playing footy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, also outside of the game, what are some of your other hobbies or interests that you like to, you know, get up to or do in your spare time? Yeah, well, apart from, from footy and work, there's not much time, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really just hanging out with mates and... And I've got a few mates from school still that I, I catch up with pretty frequently. And and obviously all the boys um, at footy are, are sort of your mates for life. And you find yourself even on the weekends that you don't have footy or after recovery, you're going for brekkies with them. And yeah, obviously we're, we're a pretty tight 
tight-knit bunch. So, yeah, spend a lot of time with those guys. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm recently engaged as well. So, um, yeah, finding time and, and spending a lot of time with Tanika is, is also a priority for me. And, and then, obviously, some, some time with the family as well. So, yeah, you yeah guys trying, got the, to, trying to get some balance. Yeah, you guys got the buy this week. So, anything planned? No, I'm actually working this week. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try and get a, a few shifts on the weekend out of the way and then hopefully I'll um, I'll be able to get a few off later on in the year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, we'll move to the uh, fan Q&As. We've got a couple from your West Perth boys. Uh, but we'll start off. Brody Walton wants to know, did you have to become a professional marcher in order to graduate the police academy and is it true you are no good at war zone? <laughs> yeah, I did have to um, do the marching. I was actually the the front right marker which is sort of the, the one that steers everyone so we were in a bit of trouble because yeah I'm, I'm not the best marcher at all um, and in, in terms of the war zone I'm I'm not even kidding you probably the worst player to ever grace the controllers I come on for about I come on for about one game every three weeks and every time I realize why I haven't been playing for the last three weeks how many, what, what do you reckon the average amount of times you get bought back into the game each or per game? Well, usually by the end of it, I just tell blokes not to even worry about buying <laughs> in because um, it's not even worth the time. I'm just sitting there watching anyway. <laughs> That's gold. Yeah, I think we've got a few here from Aaron Black. He also asked how you, how's your uh, your Warzone game going, but I think you've covered that. Um, we'll go <laughs> to the other ones from Blackie. What's it like having Aaron Black give you such nice delivery? It's very handy. Um and he even is very kind, or he's kind enough to give me a few wrapping around the back when I when I can't get a kick. So I do appreciate that, Aaron. Uh, Aaron Black has another one here. When you say you're going to lay a block for the slowest player at the club, can you? <laughs> uh, he's, he's referring to an incident that happened on the weekend where he was running into an open goal, and I tried to block, but. I wasn't quick enough to even get catch up to him. So, and he is self-labelled the slowest bloke of the club. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> Very good from Blackie. Uh, this one's from Jai Skender. I went to school with Jai, cousins with him. Uh, are, you, are you prepared to be beaten in one, one-on-one contests by your cousin in upcoming years? <laughs> uh, it's good to see Jai's allowed to have Instagram now. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be very cool when he's actually um, makes his way up to the senior program. I think I think he's actually got a, all the the traits to to go to the next level. To be honest with you, he's, he's a really good size and and a, and a pretty good kid as well. So I hope he he's not stuck at West Perth for too long, and hopefully he has brighter future ahead than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one here, Canal Lynch. Connell Lynch, yeah. Connell Lynch, oh, Canal, Instagram. Canal, yeah. yeah whatever, the, whatever his Instagram is. Uh, do you reckon after six years you could still beat two-metre Peter in the beep test? Oh, I actually had a feeling this was going to come up. Um, I'll tell you the story about two-metre Peter. So went to the draft camp, um, obviously, when I was 18, and, and we got broken up into our teams um, to... So obviously, like they put the tall forwards and the ruckmen and and all that together to run yep. the beat test. And I just remember, obviously, I'm not the strongest runner. I'm sure that's common knowledge, and Connell knows that. That's why he's asked his questions. But um, yeah, so we've we've lined up on the the beat test line, and 
I was obviously pretty nervous and pretty worried about my beat test because a few clubs had said to me, like, we need you to get to this level. Um, you obviously haven't shown us enough in that, that area. So, uh, yeah, lined up against um, big Peter Wright, who I think he's playing for Essendon now. Um, yeah. He was at the Gold Coast Suns for a little while. Um, yeah, lined up against two-metre Peter, and I thought, oh, well, at least I'm next to him. Like, I'll, I won't get out before him. It won't look too bad. And I've never seen a big fella run a better beat test in my life. I think he got to about 16. He was the last one left, and I was out at about 11 and a half. Oh. Nowhere near where I needed to be. <laughs> so, yeah, I knew Connor would bring something up about that. He loves that story. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a classic story. Uh, another one from Connor Lynch. Uh, did Jay Van Berle sign you up to be an ambassador for the Gel Lethal Career Savers? <laughs> yeah, the Career Savers are a staple for me now. Um, a pre-season staple. So, yeah, I'm trying to get Connell onto them, actually. Um, saw Jay wearing them for a few years there, and I've got a lot of respect for Jay, but that was not one thing that I respected about him. Um, but like Jay, I rolled my ankle a few times and and was getting sick of transitioning from the jogger to the, the boots mid-session so that I could do the running in the joggers. So I thought, what better way than to to wear the joggers that have studs on them. Yeah, he loves the loves the career savers yeah, there. Nothing yeah. wrong with him. <laughs> now, this was brought up in the Jay Van Berle podcast, but Lowry8 wants to know, why does Jay Van Berle hate drinking beers with mates? <laughs> I'm not sure he does. Yeah, he said, I mean, he said he loves it. I mean, I've, I've probably seen Jay at more functions than Lowry. Oh, so, right, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big call from Lowes. He he doesn't mind throwing around some statements like that. Um, to be to be fair, actually, they probably both attended the same amount of functions, and that's probably about three in three years. So, just yeah. the end of season. <laughs> yeah, just the end of season one, yeah. and you don't see them until Feb when they roll in. Yeah, um, for the three week preseason. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Jacob Landsmere. Uh, are you the best player currently inside Ford Fifty for the Falcons? He's referring to my constant battle with Keegan Knott for that <laughs> title. Yeah. Um, it's it's a strange one because me and, and the Wiz are obviously really good mates. And whenever I'm having a good game, it usually entails me taking a few marks and going back and kicking goals. But when I'm having a stinker and I, and I can't catch him, it's usually Keegan that's the one chiming in. So, yeah, we very rarely have a good game together. So I'll, I'll have to leave that up to Jacob to decide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, talking about Keegan Knott, who is the best small forward you've ever played with, he asks. Uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you, what, what's small? Like, is there a certain cutoff point? Because he's, he's almost dwarf size. So if you're <laughs> going to say best dwarf forward I've played with, then well, it right, We'll go like mid-sized forward and under. <laughs> okay, mid-size forward is Andrew Strike, and it's not yeah. close. Um, but yeah, if we go to AFL Mini Me or Dwarf Size, then Keegan <laughs> my number one man. Yeah, well, on Twitter, uh, the Wiz he goes, "Who's the best small forward he's ever played with?" And then Jacobs responded back saying Nathan Murray. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nathan Murray made his debut on the weekend. He kicked two goals and had about twenty possessions. So Lovely. I don't think I've seen Keegan have twenty possessions yet. Yeah. You can only, you can only <laughs> kick goals on the boundary and that's about it. Yeah, That's it. Uh, but Tyler, that brings us to the end of the episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we can't wait to see 
how things pan out for the rest of the year. So good luck to the mighty Falcons and yourself for the rest of the year. No worries, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Ethan, Tyler Cartel departs us. Good episode. Yeah, yeah very good episode. Um, he's only 25, so I think, you know, he's cutting himself a bit short there. Might get another chance at the AFL because he just, yeah, kicks bags most weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, something uh, a bit sort of relevant. Something popped up on uh, the socials this morning. One year ago from when the AFL resumed after COVID. Just really? Out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 11th of June. Yeah, 11th of June. I do remember that now. Yeah, and the draw, Collingwood and Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's been a year. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, a year ago, we were still no crowds at games. Yeah. Even though Melbourne are Yeah, well, let's still, hope. Let's still. hope we can uh, remain that way. Yeah. Uh, well, not remain that way. Just, yeah. Yeah. Stop ourselves from going back to no crowds and stuck in our homes. Yeah, so. exactly. But uh, heaps of guests lined up for the next yep. couple of weeks. So keen is keen to get them in or on the phone. But uh, until then, Ethan, we'll see yep. you next time. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, but thanks for listening to episode number 12 of the Brad Ethan Podcast.